Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, two newlyweds discover they are not only adjusting to living with each other, but another presence in their home. A young boy wakes in the middle of the night to see his brother standing at the foot of his bed. Only this boy never met his brother. No good deed goes unpunished when a man and his son volunteer to prepare an elderly woman's home for sale. And how would you start a conversation with your boss when you believe your office is haunted? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hey there. I've had the uh, the at work uh, haunted conversation with uh, many of bosses actually. <laughs> How did that go? Um, usually pretty well. Um, for the most part, uh, everyone uh, had some several stories more so than me. Oh wow! The last station I worked at uh, here in Wichita, uh-huh. I had never had anything weird happen to me. My boss did, uh-huh. and he was telling me stories of stuff that was happening to him. Because he knew I was into the ghost stuff. And I said, honestly, I never really felt it here. I've worked at places where I felt it, but I'd never really... Several people have felt it there, so I I can't dismiss it. I never felt anything negative there. No, I mean, there was a place where there was a lot of storied history. It was one of the... Like, one of the first and one of the the bigger... um, country music properties in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back in like history of country radio, um, and if the, the station was called KFDI and it's out of Wichita, Kansas. Um, and uh, it was, you know, part of this group of country stations that were really preeminent in the birthing of that format um, yeah. throughout the year. So lots of people came and went through those halls, everyone from Johnny Cash to, Tim McGraw, um, you know, as far as coming and visiting and whatnot. Um, so lots of an, storied history. Uh-huh. There, lots of very interesting things. Um, but uh, I never felt any weirdness. And there's a lot of people who died in that building, too. Yeah. It's like four or five that just dropped dead in the building. I wonder if it's because they saw something. No, I doubt it. I think a lot of them were not in such great health. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but the fact that it was just, there was a lot of... For a radio station that, you know, it, it's kind of a high death count in your building. Yeah. But I never felt anything odd there, personally. 
But yeah. it's been a radio station for a very long time in that sure. building. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it would be fun. Actually, it's one I would like to do a, a ghost special on maybe later this year. And I've talked about doing it back there when I was there and everybody's all up for it. So at some point I may do that. That would be fun. Talk to all the folks there about their experiences and really kind of sit there quietly and wish that I had had one. But <laughs> I would like walk through the basement in the dark, hoping to have something happen. Nothing. Yeah. No. Ever. I uh, I did have something happen at my first station, though. I think I've talked about it here. That one yeah. had the underground. When I go back to visit, if I'm there with someone who I've never taken to the station before, I took you there. Yeah. The first time I took you there, the first thing I did was I said hi to my old bosses. I'm like, I'm going to go show them the, uh, give them the ghost tour of the station. Okay, have fun. <laughs> it's like it's just common knowledge. Yeah, I didn't like that very much. I felt very comfortable there, though, too. Really? I did. I mean, I did have some weird things happen. Like I heard people walking down the halls when they weren't there and phones would light up with callers, like solid lines, not uh-huh. calling in, but like picking up lines, um, like in the office area, in the late night hours and there's no one in the office. There was a lot of interesting things. And that was like a fraction of the people have heard children in the halls. People have heard typing on keyboards. People have seen people walk past doors. So, and those are all very uh i would say more impactful haunting things than whatever had happened to me but see i didn't like it when you showed me that the underground railroad in the basement no of the uh, radio I station didn't, yeah. i didn't i i just think fear is probably in my mind the strongest emotion sure. and i think that one's going to linger i was i don't know i always felt really comfy there <laughs> You would, because you're twisted it like It was. That. It was like, I mean, even when I visit, it's like going back and visiting an old cottage or something. <laughs> it's just like, I had so many happy memories there. So I don't, I just don't really associate it with like spookiness. I mean, yeah. there's an element of it, but it's, it's like good. It's like when I visit the cemeteries <laughs> of my youth that I used to frequent. That's okay. how I feel there. Okay. You know? Yeah. You're just messed up like that. I guess it is kind of twisted. <laughs> Feeling comfortable in a cemetery. Yeah, there you go. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost story with us, we would love to hear it. We're going to kick off the show tonight with a letter from Russell. And Russell writes in, my first encounter with the paranormal goes back to Kansas City, Kansas in 1977. My first wife and I were newly married and had purchased our first place together, a used mobile home. The place was laid out in such a way that if you were standing at the kitchen counter, you could turn your head and be looking down the hallway into the master bedroom. We'd lived there for seven or eight months, and for the last six months, I had been seeing something out of the corner of my eye that would disappear if I turned to look at it. It wasn't a trick of light or shadow of that, I'm certain, because I saw it 15 or 20 times was the same thing each time. I was starting to get an uneasy feeling about it, although it wasn't something that I felt was a problem, so I tried not to think about it much. Then one morning, I was at the kitchen counter making my lunch for work when my wife came down the hall and stopped about 18 inches from me. I asked her, what the hell are you doing up? Because she never got up that early, but she didn't answer. I turned to look at her to ask again, but holy crap, it wasn't my wife. I was face to face with the thing I had been seeing for six months with one huge difference. This time it didn't disappear. It just sort of floated there. It was a white hazy form with no real features. But strangely, I can say without a doubt it was a female and it was a few inches shorter than me with long hair. 
I can only imagine that the sensation running through my body must be what it feels like to get hit with 20,000 volts. Every muscle in my body locked up. My blood turned to ice water, and I couldn't move or even speak. In fact, I just stood there frozen for what to me seemed like forever, but in reality it was probably just a few seconds. My brain was trying to figure out what to do when my wife yelled from the bedroom, Who are you talking to? The moment she spoke, the apparition vanished. Since I didn't answer my wife, she had come to the kitchen to see what was going on. About this time, I regained control of my body and was able to speak, so I told her to sit down. I had something to tell her. I began telling her about what had been happening the last six months. I explained I hadn't said anything because I didn't want her to think I was crazy. And as I got further into the story, her face just got whiter and whiter until I finished. That's when she said, Now you sit down and let me tell you about what I've been seeing for the last six months. She'd been experiencing the exact same things I had. We moved not long after, and we never experienced that particular apparition again, and never figured out who she was nor what she wanted. However, since that time, I had had several encounters and one or two additional very intense events, which I'll elaborate on very soon. I love your show, by the way. You two have a style that makes your show totally enjoyable and entertaining, so please keep up the good work, and God bless Russell. You know, the first year of marriage is hard enough without having one or both of you questioning your sanity. <laughs> and that insecurity, yes, you've dated this person for X number of months or years, and then you've taken that step to getting married, but you're still kind of worried about that other person thinking you're kind of nuts or, or you're still concerned about what that other person thinks of you after you've been married for too long you stop that but I'd you say, stopped that no i said after you've been married too long <laughs> oh. you stop that you stop caring what your other per- your significant other thinks okay. about you but when you're first married it's like you know really heightened so i sure. can't imagine how stressful that was and hopefully that wasn't a factor in why he referenced her as his first wife I would almost have to think it was. I know. I mean, how often do you, re- I mean, you reference your sign- your current significant other, you know, necessarily, you know, by the number, you know, in 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 that sort of a, of a setting. No, I'm just saying. I'm wondering if the haunting and the stress of the haunting played a factor in that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, you know, I mean, it's hard to be impossible to say, but I would think any sort of, you know, big stressors. And it sounds like it was a big enough stressor where they had to move, which puts a yeah. big stress on, on any moving is stressful, no matter what your situation is. Um, I, I would think it would, you know, if you had the pie chart out of <laughs> what uh, what contributed to the yeah. demise, yeah. I would think it would have a piece of the pie. As far as how big, I don't know. You know, depends sure. what else is going on there. But, um, but I think it would have a, a slice. Yeah, Maybe it would definitely probably have enough a slice. to have some ice cream on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good story. Yes, thank you for writing in. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, of course, you can uh, also uh, subscribe uh, on any platform you choose. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. We're on a whole lot of other ones, too. So press subscribe. Make sure you get the show sent directly to you. When you do that, it helps us grow the show. It uh, basically sends that cyber signal. I like the word cyber. Cyber. Remember when that like used to be a term that was used all the time? Yeah, that was a big term right around the movie The Net. 
that came out. Do you remember that movie? Remember movie Hackers too? Yes. That was another bad one. Um, Cyber Signal. I, sh- I always had like a button where I could like suddenly do echo. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can add that in here sometime. Let's not. <laughs> I'd be using it all the time. Um, it basically sends a signal out to the search engines and the uh, like iTunes and such that, hey, people enjoy the show. And it helps us grow in the rankings and it starts suggesting the show to other folks, which in turn grows the show, gets us more ghost stories. You become happier because there's more and better stories to enjoy. Ta-da! All as a result of you pressing subscribe. It's like those commercials where it like starts at like someone just doing something in their home and the camera pans up outside their window and suddenly it's over the whole neighborhood and suddenly it's doing this and it's all as a result of one little, one little act. Butterfly effect. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Press subscribe. It's amazing what it will do for you. <laughs> and your children will love you more and your significant other oh, will too. Oh, come on. You'll get it more. Uh, it'll be all... Sorts. You'll get it more? <laughs> That's a new low for the show. <laughs> All because you press subscribe. Wow. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Terry writes in, first off, here's a small backstory. When I was in second grade, my grandparents moved into our home while my grandfather was in hospice. Our home is larger, so there was more room for everything involved with his care. He ended up passing on in what is now the TV room, surrounded by family. Now onto the occurrences. This happened last year when my friend was over. We were sitting in the TV room just talking to each other with the TV on, not paying it any attention. It was around 4 a.m. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the TV shut off and so did the AT&T receiver. My friend and I went silent since none of us were by the remote. I mentioned it to my parents and my mom asked my dad if he had set the timer on the TV and he didn't. Plus, there have been many sleepless nights where the TV was on past 4 a.m. My mom's eyes widened when she remembered that when she was a young girl, her father would get very upset if the TV was left on and no one was watching it. He'd storm in and shut it off on them. Another was when some friends of mine were staying over. Two were in the living room and two others and I were in the TV room. One of my friends said that when she got up to grab a drink of water in the middle of the night... She saw a tall figure standing right by my side of the couch. My grandfather was a very tall man. There's also been occurrences where doors upstairs would slam shut. Not hard, but it's noticeable. The windows are not open and the air conditioning is not on. Lastly, and more recently, I was sitting in the TV room with my dad. My cell phone was sitting right in front of me on the snack table. And my laptop was in my lap. The laptop was not touching distance of the table, nor was the charger cord. While I was on my computer, my phone flew off the table, bumped the wall, and hit the ground. I turned to my dad and asked if he had thrown something at my phone. He said he didn't. Overall, I know that my family is not in danger at all. If anything, my grandfather is probably annoyed at how much time we spend on electronics, which is completely understandable. But these have been occurring. My older brother and I both believe that my grandfather may be visiting us off and on while my parents are indifferent. Either way, some activity has been happening. Sorry if this is too long. I've left just one thing out, but that's because it may have been a form of sleep paralysis soon after my grandfather's death. If you want to use any part of this for any future show, you may. I'm a huge fan and an avid listener and would be honored to hear your opinions on these small events. Thank you for your time. I think it's amazing what those little traits are that you carry over into death that are kind of your calling card, that people know it's you by that. For him, it was 
shutting that TV off when he thinks nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, this dislike of all the electronic stuff. I think that that's, uh, it's interesting. I think it shows just how, I mean, how much of you transitions over. Pretty much everything. Yeah. Every little idiosyncrasy, every little pet peeve. In a way, it's kind of disheartening because you think maybe maybe I'll get over some of these pet peeves. Maybe I'll not be so annoyed by certain things. I was just wondering how much of a worry war I'll be in death. You're still going to be you. You're still going to be you. I wouldn't be me if I didn't worry. Yeah. So you get to you get to have all that there too. That's great. <laughs> but but you probably have the ability to go through walls and eavesdrop on things and get all the information you want. I was just wondering what does a dead person worry about? Bes- you know, besides their kids <laughs> and those living relatives, but mm-hmm. the things that I worry about, I don't think I would worry about in death. Sure. Well, at a certain point too, you have to wonder if I mean, you're always going to have concern for your kids. Yeah. And, and your grandkids, too. I mean, anybody that you had some sort of real contact with here on this earth as a human being, I think you're going to have an emotional connection, too. But once they're all passed, too, and you're on to, like, great-great-grandchildren, which you may or may not end up ever knowing, or great-great-great-great, you know, further down the line, you have to probably logically think your care gets less and less. I would think so, just because it's not some somebody you've had a bond with. Yeah, I mean, especially when it's like the kid of someone you never even knew, mm-hmm. you know. So I think maybe some of that goes away. But then do you have to be concerned about your ghost children and what they're going to do? Although they can't kill themselves at that point by, you know, doing anything dumb. They're already dead. Yeah. But do you have to be concerned about their ghostly activities? Are they freaking out their children too much? I think it would be the ultimate (laughs) pass to not having to worry. I'm not saying that I want everybody to die so I don't have to worry about them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that if, you know... That's what you're saying. The time comes and we've all passed... Sure. I'm going to try and allow myself to not worry about That's when you're finally cool, as long as everyone's dead. That just sounds great. That's right up there with saying that I sounded like I was a slave auctioner with you. Best 50 bucks I ever spent. I say horrible things on this show. I know what you mean. I mean, you're not saying you want anyone to die in present day. No. You're just saying... Eventually, when everyone's time comes, when they're hundred later in life, yes, then and in all those connections of people that you're close with have passed and they've had their life, and everyone's on the other side, you're gonna feel less worrisome. Yeah, you'll find something. I will. <laughs> I will sit there and be a worried ghost. Will be. That'll be sad. <laughs> so be fixing things for people and helping them. <laughs> It'll be good. We went. You need those type of ghosts. They, 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 we've heard so many stories of those type of ghosts intervene in people's lives, and they're like, I think a ghost was trying to help me. Yeah, it was a very worrisome ghost, a very anxious ghost. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the meaning was. It means they've been watching you, and they just wanted to help. I won't be the ghost that goes around and knocks pictures out of kilter. I will. Because I obsessively straighten all the pictures in our house. You'll be the... Whatever house I haunt will have perfectly straightened pictures. 
For sure. You'll be the helpful ghost. I'll be the one that's just like screwing with people. Yeah. Like, why why, why are these pictures off kilter? And you'll be annoyed by me because you went and straightened them all and used all your energy for the day to do that. And I'm like <laughs> going back right after using all my energy for the day to kind of knock them off just a little bit. The same dynamic in death. What do we call that? Asshole ghost? Kind of, yes. 855-853-4802 is our number. Justin writes in, Good evening, Tony and Jenny. Both of my stories take place in my current residence where I've lived all my life. The house was built brand new by my father in 1979, and my family has been the only residents living in the house since its construction. The first story takes place when I was in grade school, somewhere around third grade. As a child, I was always involved in some sport or another, mostly football. My father was the assistant defensive coach, and I played first-string offense. Every year that I played Little League football, we went all the way to the championship for our division, and all but every year, we won. Right after winning one such championship game, I decided to celebrate the victory by watching the Monsters on the television in my mother's room while my father took his usual seat in the bedroom. Yes, my parents had separate bedrooms. I prepared myself a bowl of ice cream and casually walked down the hall toward my mother's room. My mother, at this time, was staying the night with my aunt to help take care of my sick uncle. I reached my hand out to open the door to my mother's room, and the doorknob started turning back and forth frantically as if someone were locked in the room and trying to get out. My father was the only other one home, and he was in his bedroom at the other end of the house with his door closed. I froze in fear and watched the doorknob turn back and forth violently. I finally turned and ran into my dad's room and told him that someone had broken in and they were hiding in my mom's room. Dad led the way through the house, grabbing my baseball bat on the way through the living room. I followed my dad through the house and grabbed a butcher knife from the kitchen counter. We made it to Mom's room, and Dad readied the bat in the air as I stood back, clutching the knife. Dad flung the door open and turned on the lights. There was no one behind the door under the bed in the closet. The window was closed and locked, and nothing appeared to be disturbed. My father and I proceeded to check the basement, garage, my bedroom, and bathroom, and anywhere that was big enough for someone to hide. After the search revealed no intruders, my dad told me I must have imagined it. I know I didn't because I was stunned. There for at least ten seconds watching it, and I definitely had time to register that what I was seeing was actually happening. The door has never done anything like that since, and the bedroom has since become my son's room. Occasionally, as an infant, I would find him awake in his crib, standing at the end of it, staring at the wall and jabbering while holding his arms out, but he's never seen anything that has scared him. The second story takes place a few years earlier than the first. I was in grade school at the time, and I was lying in my bedroom asleep. There was a terrible storm outside, but storms have always put me to sleep, especially in the rain. I woke up out of a deep sleep and saw my brother standing at the end of my bed. His head was down, but his clothing and unmistakable long red hair were clearly visible with every bright lightning flash. He was wearing a white t-shirt and his leather jacket. He was covered in what looked like red clay mud and he was soaking wet and dripping as if he just came in from out of the rain. Finally, there was a huge flash of lightning and he vanished. There was no mud on the carpet or even a wet spot where he'd stood. I told my mother about it, and she said, Oh, even if it was Randy, he would never hurt you. He loved you. Did I mention my brother Randall had gotten killed on Christmas Eve when I was one year old? 
I absolutely love the show and hope to be an EPP as soon as I get the extra cash. I hope the stories were not too long, and I have many more if you'd like to hear them. P.S. I've started calling raccoons rakins ever since I heard Tony refer to them as such. I laugh till my ribs hurt. Keep it up, you guys. Are fantastic. All the best. Justin. I like that. That's a good story. I can just picture that lightning. Uh-huh. And then there's that figure there. That's like the ultimate, like, an atypical horror movie moment. But to actually have it happen in real life. Yeah. That's like scarring. I don't think it would be comforting even if it was just your older brother checking no. on you. I, I, I didn't, even if it was a living person checking on you. Yeah. And that suddenly someone standing there, that would not be comforting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just creepy. But uh, very interesting story. And uh, yeah, that was good. I'd love to hear more if you got them. Uh, 855-853-4802. Of course, I have to give Rakin's credit where they're due. Oh, yeah. It's from a man named Ricky who lives in a trailer park in uh, Nova Scotia. Yes. Is that right? Okay. I believe Sunnyvale is mm-hmm. the name of it. Okay. They have uh, lots of Rakins and uh, Jalapeno chips. So, there you go. Yeah. 855. Does, he, does Ricky have a last name? I have no idea what Ricky's last name is. I don't even know. I don't know. He's got some friends like Julian, Julian and Bubbles, but I'm not sure what their last names are either. Yeah. It, it exists. I'm sure it's probably wikipedia able. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, if you want more ghost stories, please become an EPP like he was talking about. That's an extra podcast person. You get bonus episodes of the show every week, 30 of them in total right now that you can access. Um, and the, the brand new one every week. Some video out there as well, exclusive stuff. The reason we have the EPP program is it uh, keeps our show on the air more than anything else. So if you like the show, please consider supporting it. It's a uh, pretty much a, uh, a funded by listener show. So to continue it going, we need EPPs because our costs go up every single month the more people listen to us. So it's only five bucks. Get a lot of good extra free stuff. And uh, the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting something you enjoy. What a concept. I, I, mean, I, I love how the world has changed. Yeah. Where yeah, 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, really, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, if a radio show, for example, other than NPR, uh-huh. you know, which is begged for money forever because they need it. Sure. But they produce some pretty good programming. Um, you know, it just started begging for money. Uh, nobody, I can get you for free. Why? Uh, and true, you can get us for free, but there's been like a a, a shift in yeah. people's thinking of, oh, there's value in this. I value what I'm getting. I'm going to support it. And it's just cool because there's so many things that have popped up, you know, out there beyond our show. You know, there's other shows out there that essentially do the same model to stay funded and keep going. And because of that, there's so many more outlets and interesting pieces of programming that exist. Yes. That would that would never have had an outlet years ago because they didn't fit radio and there was no platform for it. But now because people can say, I like this thing. I like this idea. I'm going to throw some money. The crowdfunding effort. Well, it's directly because of our listeners. This has gone from a once a week hobby that you would sure. do when I wasn't home. Yeah. To now, <laughs> and every day, Jen produces the show and we sit together in the evening yeah. and, and do it. And we do it six days a week because yeah. that's what our listeners have asked for. It's just such a neat thing. It's just, it's something yeah. unconceivable 10 years ago and now is alive and thriving today. 
as as a platform. And I think it's only going to continue. And it's 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 not a, a network now saying you're going to watch the show or listen to the show, whether you like it or not. It's uh, where is it being supported? Those are the shows that are going to make it. Well, I want to thank our listeners just from my standpoint I have the coolest job in the world I read ghost stories Mm -hmm. so that we can read them on the air and talk about them yeah that's what I do and there's nothing that I enjoy more other than my children and you than (laughs) than than doing that yeah and it has brought you a honestly listeners I've seen a tremendous amount of happiness level increase in, in Jennifer since she's joined the show honestly yeah so it's a it's a very good thing yeah it's and I, I think a lot of our listeners enjoy it too I'm assuming so anyway <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online Bruce writes it in 2008 my mother passed away eight years after my father almost to the day the death of my dad took a toll on my mom and near the end I was her caregiver maintaining her quality of life still in our family home about three weeks after her death, I was in my kitchen at 2.30 a.m., accompanied by one of our cats. I felt a tapping on my shoulder, only to find nothing as I turned around. Then, in my right ear, I heard the name that my mom would always call me. A chill went through my body as I turned once again and saw a dark shadow directly in front of me. It proceeded down the stairs to the game room. At the same time, our cat, with every hair standing up, and his body arched and frozen at the top of the stairs. Immediately, a sense of calm and closure came over me, and I knew that my parents were together once again. Since that day, I've captured numerous light anomalies in my house that travel changing in direction or appearing out of the ceiling or the floor into another room before disappearing. I believe having cancer uh, changed how I approach life, realizing how we are only here for this moment, and then it's gone. Tomorrow is not promised, so live life without regrets. Very wise words. Very true. I really have nothing to add to that. but I don't either. Very, very true. So thank you for writing in and thank you for sharing that story of your mom coming and visiting and letting you know, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> Daniel writes in, hey guys, Daniel from California again. Ever since I became an EPP, I've been trying to catch up on bonus episodes, current episodes, and past episodes. I'm loving every minute of it. I just wanted to write in a little story today from something that happened to my father and me a few years back. One of my parents' friends had to place their mother in a senior home due to needing 24-hour care. My father offered to clean up the former parents' house and get it ready to sell. It being summertime, I went with my father to help him out. The house was a huge two-story with a black iron gate surrounding it. Nice looking, not in need of uh, too much, but cosmetic repair. Our first task was to take down the chairlift the mother used to get up the stairs. The first night we were there, we had the chandelier lights to aid us in the takedown process. The whole time we were taking this thing apart, we could not help but feel as if someone was standing right behind us, staring at us. No matter how many times we looked back there, there was no one. We chalked it up to just being a dimly lit, unfamiliar house. Another day, we were replacing the screen windows in the upstairs bedrooms, and we began to hear someone walking heavily down the hallway. We looked out of the doorway and saw nothing. Starting to put the new screens on the window, we had the room door slam shut on us suddenly. I looked at my father, and he said, It was just the wind. Just as he said that, the doorknob turned, the door opened back up. I looked at my father and said, Just the wind, huh? The wind must have hands. 
We both took a break and sat outside, talking over what just happened. We finished up the windows that day and came back the next to work on the ceiling inside the house. That next day, I was cleaning the master bathroom when I heard footsteps coming towards me. I called out to my dad if that was him, and with no response, I looked out the doorway. Just then, the footsteps got louder and faster. Seeing nobody there, I dropped what I was doing and ran out of the house. That night, we questioned my parents' friends if they knew of the house being haunted. They denied any knowledge, but did say their father did die in the house. Looking back, the father's spirit was probably upset at the fact that people he didn't know were in his house and making changes to it. Hope you two are well and keep up the amazing work. I am loving being an EPP. I could see it being the the husband unhappy about things going on in his house and where's his wife, you know, and sure, all that change is not easy even for the dead. And just knowing that, I mean, the change is going on because they're getting ready to sell the house and oh yeah, he's still residing there. As a ghost, uh, even though the wife had to, to move somewhere else, he was probably still planning on hanging out himself, you know? Oh, sure. Crack a ghost beer at night and watch uh, whatever channel cable net- cable turns on to when you turn the TV on because you can't change the channels. I wonder how much it bothers ghosts when they know that change is coming. Because, like, he, a lot. he had to be watching thinking, I'm going to stay here. And this obviously means something's going on. Wife's gone. Mm-hmm. Other people are going to move in here. But this is my... I'm staking ground here. Sure. I wonder how much that, you know, plays into how vicious they are with their haunting. Well, I think it depends on who's doing the changing, too. Sure. I mean, I think if it's your own kids, you're going to be a little bit annoyed, but you're not going to do anything to harm them. If it's a complete strangers, all bets are off. See, I don't think they're going to, you know, in most cases, be harmed. I think they'll do everything they can to scare the living daylights out of them. Mm-hmm. But not, you know, I'm going to cause you to fall down the stairs and break your neck kind of harm. That'd be really mean, wouldn't it? That's what you're going to do, isn't it? <laughs> that would really not be a nice thing to have happen to someone who's trying to change the things around my house once I'm dead. Yeah. That would not be a good idea to change anything in my house yeah. once I'm dead, even if you're residing in it and you happen to be listening to this podcast, maybe 50, 60, 70 years after it's recorded. And you're realizing, oh, this is the owner of the house. Probably not a good idea to change anything <laughs> in the house because you never know what that ghost might do to you. You're horrible. <laughs> you're threatening from death. Oh, Am I? Yeah. You, Is that what I'm doing? You were threatening from your I, uh, future death. I didn't uh, I didn't know I was doing that. So I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> Your phone number is 855-853-4802. If you want to call in and share a ghost story with us. <laughs> or threaten the future inhabitants of your home. That's great. (laughs) Morwin writes in, I was uh, talking to my sister the other night about paranormal stuff and what she's been experiencing at work. In the conversation, she brought up something that happened a long time ago that I'd totally forgotten about. We'll start there before I tell you what is going on at her job. 
This is not very long after our grandmother had passed away. My sister, my aunt, and my cousin were all riding home from seeing a movie one night. They happened to be talking about our grandmother during the drive, and they had the radio volume down, and so they couldn't hear each other. My aunt glanced up at the rearview mirror to look back at my sister and cousin as she was talking and missed that the person in front of her was slamming on their brakes. In that very moment, the radio got extremely loud, and my aunt looked back towards the front and was able to brake in time to avoid hitting the car. My sister told me they believed it was our grandmother looking out for them. Because if the radio hadn't suddenly started blaring, my aunt probably would have hit the car in front of them. So back to my sister's haunted office. She works in a building that is an old house. There are multiple rooms that were turned into offices. There's the kitchen and there's a hallway. My sister had a window in her office facing what she can see when someone pulls into the lot. When she is at work alone, she hears footsteps all the time going down the hall. She's here. She hears click clacking like someone is typing in another office when no one else is there. She also hears voices coming from the other offices. She knows she doesn't see any car pull into the lot, but she'll still always get up and go walk around and check to make sure no one is there, and they never are. Of course, because of ghosts. Anyway, this one thing happened that really freaked her out and gave me chills when she told me. She was there alone in the morning, as usual, and she heard heavy, deliberate footsteps coming down the hall, and they stopped right outside the office door. She assumed it was her boss because... He has a loud, heavy footstep and was used to hearing that. She was so convinced that her boss was about to open her office door that she turned in, the, in, in her chair to face the door. The door did not open. She got up, opened the door to find no one there. Freaked out, she sat back and tried to calm herself down by taking a few deep breaths. She exhaled slowly and right after she did, she heard what she described as like a sarcastic or mocking exhale in her right ear. Like this ghost was making fun of her for being scared. She describes whatever it is as a practical joker and thinks the ghost thinks it's funny when she questions her sanity. The other day, she had a talk with her boss about all the things happening in their, in their office. Here's a direct quote from her text message to me after the meeting. Sign of a good boss. Employee says she's hearing voices in the office, and you don't make her get a mental evaluation or drug test. He believes me because shit's happened to him, too, but he doesn't want everybody calling him crazy, too. I've told her to try asking it nicely to stop scaring you, and she told me she does ask it most times, but again, this ghost is apparently insistent on playing with her, whether she wants it to or not, my poor sister. So I told her to do some EVP sessions, and she said she definitely will. We'll see if she captures anything. Thanks for reading. You'll have a lovely evening. Maureen. So... If she does EVPs, I wonder what it's going to say to her. If it's going to be like no office or or what exactly it's going to do. Because it sounds like a really big prankster. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I would be saying really bizarre things. Really? and Because like, you know people are going to sit there and really over-evaluate it. What does this mean? If they said this, does it, you know... So I would just say things that literally have no substance whatsoever, but are really questionable for a ghost to be saying. Okay. You know, like reading off like menu items that are no longer on like fast food restaurants. I'd be like, order the Arch Deluxe. 
you know, just like stuff that really doesn't pertain to anything. Uh huh. And they have to like dig to like look it up. Like Arch, that's what, maybe they're from a different time. Maybe maybe they're still in a time period where the Arch Deluxe exists. No, no, I'm just saying weird shit. <laughs> that's what I would do. Get the Bell Beefer. You know, that's I, I don't know. I think I'm going to be really afraid of your ghost because as crazy as you are in life, you're going to be that much crazier in death. There's nothing that's going to stop me. It's going to be beautiful. (laughs) But that's what I would do. It would be really interesting, though, to hear what EVPs, if she does capture them, uh, as far as what she gets. And be sure, you probably already have, uh, but uh, let her know about the show uh, because sometimes when folks are having weird things happen to them, it's somewhat therapeutic to hear, oh, someone else is having something very similar happen to them and they don't feel so crazy. And our audience is a great resource for yeah. things to try. Yeah, you can, you know, she can go on the forum, you know, post some things out there, questions, ideas, and get a lot of feedback from other folks who've uh, been in, down that same path before. So, uh, But you've probably already done that, but I'm just throwing it out there. 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi, my name is Brooke, calling from Batesville, Arkansas. Uh, I got another story to share. Um, this happened on the night when my mother had passed. Um, I was at home doing some work in the kitchen because I was so upset at my family for their verbal abuse towards me when my mom died. And um, all of a sudden, out of all the anger I was feeling and frustration, I felt like an overwhelming of peace and calm just literally take over me it seems like it came literally out from nowhere now keep in mind this was just an hour before I got a phone call that my mother had died now when um, when this happened all of a sudden I felt like a pressure on my shoulder like someone placed their hand on my shoulder and I was home alone when this happened and um, for a few days after that you know I just felt a little grief but calm like my mother is no longer suffering from the terrible disease that she was suffering from Uh, but a few hours like an hour or so after I had that experience, my sister called and said, yeah, your mother died. And ever since then, I'm, I'm just still wondering, is it possible if my mother could have came by and said goodbye, calm down, things will work out? Or is there some kind of another spiritual being trying to get me to calm down, get me prepared for my mother's passing? Who knows? But... If you have an answer for that, I would love to hear it. So, um, you got my phone number on emails I sent you. And go from there. Thank you. I would say, I mean, I would like to believe it's uh, it's your mom that was just kind of giving you a message. Um, but, I mean, it, it could also be, I mean, there's plenty of stories that we have of folks who do have like a guardian angel or entity or whatever you want to call it. That kind of looks out. I could see it also possibly being that, just kind of like a, a ghostly courier service delivering messages of, of that nature. But, I mean, if, I, I would naturally lean more towards the mom. Okay, see, I think of it more as you had a connection 
with your mom, obviously. Yeah. But it's a connection that you guys were so intertwined to the point where you understood when she was finally feeling released from what she was suffering with. Yeah, so not necessarily that she was a ghost coming back, but just that connection there. Essentially, the living end of it is turning off. Yeah. And you're feeling that that change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I could... I mean, that happens all the time. Right. There is that that connection between, you know, parents and children, siblings, uh, and also just very close friends, too. We we had a story like that the other night. I don't remember the details, but it was... was It had to do with a ring. Yeah. A wedding ring. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly it exists. Yeah. And whether or not it was necessarily like the ghost coming back or not, but it was a connection changing. Sure. You know, as as, as she passed. So, yeah, I mean, very legitimate connection there. So, definitely. Thank you for calling in and sharing that story with us. Uh, the number again, 855-853-4802. Hi, April. Hey, guys. This is April. I've shared a couple of stories with you guys so far um next week i will be becoming an epp so i am looking very forward to that just wanted to call and tell you a third story here real quick when my sister and i were kids our um well at that time he was our stepfather but now ex-stepfather but anyways he uh found a big stuffed animal of sylvester the cat you know, the Bugs Bunny Sylvester the Cat. Um, he found this big stuffed animal on the side of the road by a trash can somewhere. And it was in, like, physically, it was perfect condition. And he brought the thing home. Well, as soon as he brought the thing in the house, I felt there was something evil about the thing and didn't like it. Well, at the time, my little sister and I were sharing a bedroom in her mom's basement. So my sister would always have so that the Sylvester stuffed animal, she'd always have it sitting in a chair next to next uh, at the end of her bed. So it was like right at the end of her bed was the chair and then Sylvester was sitting in it. And every now and then, like when my sister was asleep, every now and then that damn Sylvester the cat toy would move. Like its arms would move or its legs or its feet would just start moving a little bit or its tail would just kind of start swishing back and forth. Nothing used to just really give me the creeps. I didn't like that thing. And it was like, what kind of made it funny one time, like one night I was half asleep, I rolled over because I felt like there was something watching me. I remember rolling over in bed and looking across the room at my sister, who was sound asleep. I swear to God that Dan Sylvester was standing up. And there's, like, no way that this stuffed animal could, like, just stand up by itself, you know. And so I saw the thing, and I I don't know what it was. I grabbed something by my bed and threw it at it, and it hit it, and it fell. And the next morning, I got up before my sister woke up, and I grabbed the Sylvester the Cat stuffed animal, and I took the thing, and I threw it inside the basement closet. And I buried it, like, under a whole bunch of our camping shit. So um, I don't think anybody ever found the Sylvester. My sister was upset. She kept going, 
Thank you for calling in and sharing uh, your story with us. Do you want to talk about Harper or should I? Go ahead. Well, Harper, our two-and-a-half-year-old. She likes choo-choos, too. <laughs> in a lot of ways, she's a two-and-a-half-year-old, and in a lot of ways, she's a very old soul. Yeah, she she is. 
And we know that she's an empath. She's a stronger empath than I am. And I don't know if it's because she's younger Mm -hmm. and she's more in tuned and hasn't grown up and learned to tune some of that out or what it is. But if you put in a list all the things that Harper likes, you would swear that she's one of the golden girls, that she just (laughs) is like a 75-year-old woman Uh because she's just different. There's just something about her that's... And I'm not saying this because I'm her mom. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased because I, I am her mom, but... She's drawn to things that are not of her time. Very much so. And she seems to know about how to use them, which yeah. is interesting, too, like physical objects. It's like, how did you know about that? Um, she's drawn to the music of another era. Yeah. Um, she's drawn... And she, she knows about... I don't know, just some of the things, like, she knows how to dance certain ways. It's like, where did you... It's bizarre. I swear that any kind of big band music... I think we were watching Uncle Buck, and there's... It's not necessarily a big band, but it kind of sounds older, like 40s or 50s music. Yeah, they were using... Yeah. There's quite a bit of that in there. I swear, it was like she started almost doing swing dancing. It was was pops-type music. Yeah. and, And suddenly she was, like, just totally alert like well oh i know this i, I i'm it, gonna i'm gonna be freaked out if one day she's one of these kids that starts talking about like we had the other night we talked about yes the kid where it's like oh and uh, this was my life here or there she's never done anything like that where she's like oh this is from this or that um but i i think a lot of times when kids have that or they if they did have something in their a, a different life or something they don't necessarily they don't necessarily cognizant of the specific details of the life but they are cognizant of the you know the processes of that life yes and what was surrounding them you know i think that may be what's going on there it's interesting it is it's it's she seems so much older than she is just because of all that she's the definition of an old soul very i was always i was always told the same thing too when i was a kid but did you like start freak out dancing when you heard swing music I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't know that it was ever, like, really presented to me either. Yeah. You know, I mean, at this day and age, there ex- we can expose them to so many more things so readily than we had as children. But I don't know. I mean, I was always drawn to things that were not necessarily of my time. Yeah. I, and and I don't, I, I'm not in any way saying that I have any memories of a past life, because I don't by any stretch of the imagination. But I do have weird fixations on things that aren't have nothing... You know, from a past. It could be just a touch of Asperger's, or it could be, uh, you know, or it could be uh, something else. I don't know. I do fixate on things and kind of obsess on them. So. I think the thing that freaked me out the most about Harper, and it really didn't freak me out, but it really made me stop and wonder, was when she was curious, because we always drink coffee during the show and in the morning and all the time. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to try a sip. And I thought, there's no way she's going to like this shit. So I let her try a sip. And she's like, oh, coffee's my favorite. Like, she had drank coffee for 40 years. That was pretty cute. It was it was amazing. She was, like, so relieved to finally have a sip of coffee as if she hadn't had one in so long. Black coffee, no sweetener, no cream, no sugar, nothing that a little kid would like. Yeah. She just lapped that up. And then more. And we don't give her very much yeah. coffee at all. But Can I have more coffee? That really made me wonder, okay, what two-year-old <laughs> likes plain black straight-up coffee? 
I remember the first time, because I, I would beg my mom for coffee, too. Uh-huh. I didn't like it. It, it tastes like dirt. Oh, when I first time, I'm like, oh, my God, because it smelled so good. I'm like, oh, this smells, this has to be great. And then, like, take a sip, and it's like, ah, I'm not going to have that again. And I thought that was going to be Harper's reaction. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's part of the reason I gave it to yeah. her, was to deter her become from becoming a coffee addict like yeah. we are. Now, every time she has it, and we have it around, oh, I want some, let me see your cup. <laughs> she she yeah. demands to see the inside of the cup to make sure there's not an extra sip that she can take from us. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting ride with her. It sure is. She's a very interesting little girl, but uh, I'm sure we'll have many more adventures with her to share as the years go on. And as she gets older, she can join us on the show. I was going to say, she's perfectly primed to take over this puppy when she's old enough. Oh, she demands to watch Ghostbusters every day. Yeah. It's the first thing she says when she gets up. And I gave her my old proton pack my old, when I was a kid. And uh, she, she runs around the house and pretends she's busting ghosts or the dog. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Ghostbusters. And, she, and, and her thing today was she wasn't satisfied with just watching the cartoon, which was made for kids. I want a real one. Real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so there you go. Interesting stuff. Uh, of course, if you like the show, please support it. Uh, become an EPP that's an extra podcast person. That's going to keep our show on the air. Without you guys, we can't do it. So uh, if you've been thinking about it, going, ah, do it. You get 30 bonus episodes instantly. Brand new one every single week. Exclusive video. And the satisfaction of knowing that Real Ghost Stories Online ain't going to die because you are supporting it. Five bucks a month. Sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Thank you in advance for that. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Stories Online.